0: Listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. What does it mean to be blessed? Just think on that for a minute. What does it mean to be blessed? I, I, I hear a lot about being blessed, um, especially in culture today. Um, you know, a lot, uh, there's a, saying, a famous saying, it's a, uh, uh, I'm blessed to be a blessing, um, and that's awesome. I also hear a lot of hashtag blessed, blessed, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 I want to look at what it means to be blessed today, um, and I think it's going to be a little eye-opening. It, I know the deeper I got into the study, the more it was eye-opening for me. But let's start with what culture feels like is blessed, right? So James, you got that image for me? So there, if you look up there, there are 114 million posts with the, ha- with the hashtag blessed on Instagram. A hundred and fourteen million, right? So let's just look at a couple of them. So um, go ahead and, and go to the next one. So this person is hashtag blessed because they got uh, 300,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. I, I, I think I have like four. Um, uh, so they're, they're, they're blessed. They're blessed. All right. Move, move to the next one. So, this person is, is blessed because they have a, a, a car that I can't pronounce, um, and it's blue and it looks real shiny. Um, so, they are hashtag blessed, right? Right? So, um, next one. So, this dude is hashtag blessed basically just because he's awesome, right? Like. <laughs> He's got the Michael Jordan jersey on, he's showing off his watch and his tattoos, and he's got a beard, and uh, that's basically what I would look like if I wasn't married to Kim. So, um, but, uh, so, anyways, right, uh, so this guy, this guy Big, Big G DJ, that's his name, Big G DJ, he looks like a Big G, all right, uh, next one. Hashtag blessed. So um, this dude um, is hashtag blessed because he um, won some sort of trophy and he's wearing all red. So that's awesome. Um, And so, yep, number one, he's hashtag blessed. Next one. Okay, so... So I just gonna I'm just gonna read the comments on this one. So it's uh, or, or the 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 caption it says boom bam exclamation or or uh explosion 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 Gucci gang blessed. So it, his shoes are Gucci. That's what he's showing off. So uh hashtag blessed, right? Next. All right, so um this guy um, uh, is obviously in a Western, right? And um, so he, he, he's saying, I have an awesome mustache, so, uh, so I am hashtag blessed. I can grow this stash right here, right? Next. Okay, so this guy's just happy he made it to 40. Yeah. He, he, feels, he feels blessed. He's blessed because he made it to 40, right? What's next? Uh, all That's all of them. Okay, all right. I, I just kind of chose them at random. But, um, so lots of those things are, are how culture v- are good examples. Like literally, I had to scroll and scroll to find different examples because a lot, there are a lot of cars right there were a lot of like fancy outfits some of which i could not show at church right <laughs> um there were i mean there was a there was a lady who had like a like a, a a pile like not not just like three or four but like her arms were full of essential oils like canisters right those little those little glass vials she was like cradling them like a baby and it said Blessed, right? Um, so this is what culture views as being blessed, right? But by what does Jesus say about being blessed? What does Jesus what is Jesus' view of being blessed? Right? I, I, I think we're about to find out that it's it's very different. We're gonna be going through the Beatitudes today to discuss. Uh, what Je- how Jesus told his disciples to be blessed, right? Um, embarrassing story, okay? You guys like those? Yes. So I found out uh, this week from Kim that it's actually not Beatitudes, or no, it's not actually Beatitudes. It's Beatitudes, yes. right? And so I don't know how long I've been saying Beatitudes, <laughs> Just FYI, like, I don't know, maybe for years. <laughs> Somebody correct me on this stuff. Come on. So, <laughs> What's that? No. No, no, no. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Whew. Thank you, Kim. Keeping me on the straight and narrow. So, we're going to go through the, the Beatitudes. Uh, no. Beatitudes. Thank you. Be Beatitudes. Breaking habits is hard, man. Come on. #blessed, Hashtag blessed right? So <laughs> So, a little background on on the beatitudes. Jesus uh has just called his disciples he's just barely begun his ministry he he's done a few things to gain uh, some attention right like to, to gain uh pe- people's notice not not that he was trying to get attention but people noticed him rather sorry let me say that differently, and uh, he's done some miracles, and uh, he has developed quite a following at this point, and he's just called his, his 12 disciples, and uh, he's done, you know, several things, and, and so like, I don't, I don't know, I, I feel like the disciples had to be tempted to, to feel cooler than they were, right? Have you ever been with someone who's cooler than you, and you feel cooler because you're with them? Anybody? Like, it's how Kim feels every day, so, like. Just kidding, honey, I'm gonna get it later. But like one one time I, I, I just I'm not gonna tell too many personal stories because i I gotta stay on track today but um <laughs> but I remember one time Kim and i we went to see uh a band I used to play in in Philadelphia, um and uh we were we were Hanging out with those guys, and, and uh, they were playing, they were opening for for David Crowder and Phil Wickham and stuff like that. And we we were hanging with those guys, and we were we were hanging with Phil Wickham, and we were like kind of walking around the theater with them and stuff like that. And I just remember feeling like, oh yeah, I'm with Phil Wickham. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Some of you don't know who that is. He's like a Christian singer, so he's like Christian Insta famous. I don't know, sort of. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I definitely know what that feels like, and uh, so I feel like that had to be the temptation for the disciples at this point. They just got called to Jesus. Jesus has this large following, right? Um, people are really interested in what he's about, and the temptation for the disciples had to be that they were expecting to be blessed because They were Jesus' disciples. They were his 12, right? They were expecting to be blessed, right? So the opportunity, the the temptation had to be great that they would be blessed with fame, prestige, even even money for being with Jesus. But Jesus is going to teach them how to be blessed in his kingdom, right? Which is very different than that. And, and Jesus sees this crowd gathering. So he goes up on a hillside like the natural PA system, right? Like God's, cre- God, they didn't have like speakers and, and skin colored microphones, you know, like back then. They had to go, like he, he used what he created, right? He went up on a hillside, and uh, So the crowd is there, and uh, he sits down to teach, and the disciples come over to him. So he begins to speak to them while the crowd listens in. And uh, this is where we're going to pick up Matthew chapter 5, 1 through 12. So just picture that. Jesus is up on a hillside with his, with his twelve gathered around him. And this crowd is listening at the bottom of the hill. This crowd of people, and uh, so it says this: Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed." Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God and daughters. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And verse 11 and 12, elaborate a little on verse 10. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, all right, let's just break. So this could easily, there's so much stuff in there. I mean, easily we could spend two months on that. I'm sure people have spent way longer than that, but I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go through a really quick overview of all eight of these beatitudes. <laughs> because here's the thing I want you to get. And I'm just gonna give you my main point right up front. I'm gonna give it to you right now. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. For you to be blessed, your life has to be in a blessable position. For you to be blessed by God, your life has to be in a blessable position. Right? Okay, let's go through what it means to be blessed in the kingdom of God. So the first one is poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say poor only, right? It says poor in spirit. When I used to read that, the spirit part used to not click or whatever, and I used to have a vision of the Tuppins lady in Mary Poppins, right? Like, Tuppins a day, right? Right? Um, it doesn't just say poor, it says poor in spirit, right? For theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit means you realize in your heart of hearts, in your most deep word, inward self, that you are unable to give God anything. That's what poor in spirit means. You can give nothing to God, right? Right? You are completely dependent on his mercy every single minute of every day, right? That's what it means to be poor in spirit, is that you can give God nothing, right? Mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, this is, this is used at funerals a lot. And, and I, I kind of feel like this encompasses two, uh, two, two different things. I think mourn means mourn for our own sins and the sins of others. Like, like it, it goes back to that one, I can give nothing uh, to God. I'm poor in spirit, I, I need his mercy and I and and when I sin like I mourn over it it, it hurts my heart it 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 uh, and I I can't live without the necessity of grace like I'm I, I feel a heaviness towards my own sin and the, and the sins of others in my life and, and I think a really great example of of Uh, mourning over sin is Paul in Romans 7, 15. And you don't have to turn there. We're going to put it on the screen. But uh, when he says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing that I hate. That's mourning. That's mourning over your sin. And that's the Apostle Paul, right? He was blinded and healed by Jesus himself, right? And so, if he struggled with this, it's a pretty good guess that we're going to struggle with it too, right? And, and 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 I don't think it's necessarily a bad struggle. Like I think we should be, we should feel sorrowful over our sins, but there's also the mourning that comes in suffering, right? And I think that's a very valid thing, and. and And so, I think no matter what kind of mourning it is, God's promise is still the same in this verse. God's promise is that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, right? For they will be comforted. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says this The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of Our God to comfort all who mourn, right? To grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. This is what Jesus does for us. Uh, The the ashes, the the beautiful headdress instead of ashes, when people would mourn in the Old Testament, uh, they would tear their clothes and they would um, basically like get naked and they would heap ashes on their head and that would be like a physical outward sign of inward mourning, Right? But the promise of God is that he will wipe away your ashes and give you something beautiful, right? He will give you the oil of gladness instead of mourning. He will give you the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit so that you might be called oak, an oak of righteousness, right? Right? That's mourning over our sin. Mourning over in suffering the promises that God will wipe your every tear away. Revelations seven seventeen. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's the God we serve, right? Those who mourn will be comforted. Meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek is kind of a weird word that we don't see a lot used only in, only in recent coffee houses over in Citrus Plaza. Um, <laughs> but meek is a weird wor- word, and it, it, it basically means gentle. It means gentle. And meek people... Like, they convey humility, right? That's meekness. They convey humility. And and believers who are meek, they convey not only humility, but a deep trust in God, right? Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are humble and trust in God and are not self-centered, right? Self-centered people, are not meek. They're not gentle. They don't convey humility. Self-centered people are not meek people. Meek people realize their position before God and gladly live in it. Like they're grateful to live in, in their position. Just in their position. Psalm Uh, 37 9 through 11 says for the evildoers shall be cut off but those who wait for the lord shall inherit the land that's the promised land right the promised land in in just a little while the wicked will be no more though you look carefully at his place he will not be there but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace peace. That, pro- that land, it's the promised land, right? It's the promised land, the promise of God, and God will give his true disciples. This is the thing we need to realize, is that each, with each one of these comes an earthly cost. There's an earthly cost to each one of these, but, he, but what God's promise is, is that he will restore that and more on the day we are in his presence right? He will give his true disciples what they didn't grab for themselves on the earth, right? the next one is hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Let me read that again, because I think I read it wrong. Um, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for self-righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. (laughs) Self-righteousness? Oh, oh. Self-righteousness is different than righteousness. Is that it? Is that what you're saying? Is that what the giggling is about? Because I feel like a lot of Christians are reading it wrong if I look at Facebook. A lot of self-righteous stuff going on on there, I'll tell you that much. Righteousness, simply put, is the desire to do what's right. What's right before God's sight, right? That's righteousness. uh, What's right before God and what's right in our relationships with people right? That honor, honoring God with our relationships with people, that's righteousness, right? What, uh, but this verse is, is tricky because it doesn't speak of a fleeting desire, right? Like I desired on Sundays, and then on Monday I'm, I'm cool with whatever. It, it doesn't speak of a fleeting on and off again desire. No, this is an intense longing. This is, uh, like, uh, the I can't live without it feeling. This is, like, a necessity. Like, like, it's, it uses the word hunger, right? And I, I just recently discovered um, that I have a severe gluten allergy, and maybe have had my whole life, and I didn't realize it. My wife's been telling me for a long time, and just like, what does she know? And, um, <laughs> Just kidding. She knows a lot. She's really smart. Um, And uh, so anyway, so like hunger, like whenever we have pizza at the house, like I hunger for real pizza because gluten-free pizza tastes like tomato sauce and cheese on crackers pretty much. Like it's, it's not that good, right? It's just nowhere near good as good as real pizza, right? I like, I'm like, Um, oh, there, it looks so good, you know, like that, so I'm like hungering for, for, for the real thing, right, I'm hung, that, that's a hunger, right, like, and, and so this says, like, this is an intense longing for righteousness, this is not, like, just some fleeting, passing feeling that you feel during worship on Sunday, and then leave at the door when you walk out. This is like an intense feeling, a necessity. This is a hunger to be found right in right standings with God, right? This is a first to be completely obedient to God and honor him in all of our relationships. That's righteousness, right? Right? Psalm 42 speaks of this longing in verse 1 and 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul pants, thirsts. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Right? But this isn't, an exclusive hunger and thirst for our personal righteousness. This is also referring to a a wanting to see the righteousness of God in the world, right? There's a longing for that, you get that? There's a longing for that. It's like we long for the end of evil and sin I don't even turn on the news anymore because my, every, like, my phone notifies me somehow. I gotta figure out how to turn that off, but it feels like every time I look at my phone this week, there was a shooting, yeah. right? I don't know about you, but every time I see that there is violence, Across our nation, whether it's someone being hurt by racism, which is just as violent as any act, in my opinion, whether it's somebody being, whether there's a shooting, whether there's a a horrible thing done to a child, which seems like is almost every day, like there is a longing in my heart for evil to cease and for sin to cease and to see the righteousness of God on the earth. and the reward. For this hunger and thirst is that your hunger and thirst will be satisfied. Second Peter three eleven through thirteen says this: since all thi- all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's the promise That's where our hunger and thirst for righteousness will be quenched, will be satisfied as we are promised a new heaven and a new earth. So we've gone through four Beatitudes, and this is where it begins to shift There's a shift in the Beatitudes that happen here. So far, all these have been about our personal relationship with God. They may have undertones that apply to the world as well, but mostly the first four focus on our attitude toward how we approach God and how we approach sin. The first four focus generally on those things, but here is where the shift comes in. The fourth beatitude bridges the first four with the last four because we hunger and thirst for righteousness in ourselves, but we also hunger to see it on the earth. The last four beatitudes focus on how we as believers are to interact with the people around us. And, and and what the cause of, what the, rather, what the effect of our relationship with God will be on our earthly relationships. And so, here's what it says. Um, verse seven says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This is the outpouring, I believe, of being poor in spirit. This is the action uh, behind being, that comes from being poor in spirit. Because you have received mercy, you extend mercy. Because you have received mercy, you extend mercy. This This encompasses generosity, compassion, forgiveness. And this is obviously really extremely important to Jesus because he repeats it several times in this gospel account. I do want to say this, though. God's mercy for you isn't equated to how much mercy you show others. I just want to say that. It's not a a give-to-get kind of scenario, right? Right? It's not like I give so much mercy so God will continue to give me mercy. It's not that kind of scenario. Christ followers should desire to show mercy simply because they have received mercy from God. Right? Also, I just want to point this out. This may be fairly obvious, but it's worth worth mentioning. Nowhere does it say that others will show you mercy in return. Right? Right? It doesn't say that. Others may not show you mercy, but the promise here is God always will. God will always show you mercy. But the question here is, what would people say about you, right? What would they say about me? Would they describe us as generous, compassionate, forgiving people? Would they say uh, we are quick to show mercy even to those who don't deserve it, right? That's 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 uh, the question we need to be asking ourselves. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. The next one is pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Being pure in heart means m- morally pure, honest, and sincere. That's what pure in heart means. You don't Hear a lot of messages these days about uh, purity. Uh, so again, would people say about you that you're honest? No matter what Vicky, what I say to Vicky, I know she's gonna be honest with me. Whatever, uh, you know, I know I can come to Scott anytime and I know he's gonna be sincere, right? What do people say about you? Do they say uh, Sarah has a strong sense of morality? Right. What what is that? What do what do, what is that? Um, how does being pure in heart reflect in your relationships with others? Um, because the promise here is for those who strive to be pure in heart, is that they shall see God. Right? They'll see Him, and, and like you might be like, "Oh yeah, one day, you know, when we're all in heaven and you know, looking like the dude with the Michael Jordan uh, jersey on, you know, up in heaven with our watches and stuff." No. Nope. 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 We shall. We can see Him on the earth here. Hebrews eleven twenty-seven says this. Uh, and, and this is about the about Israel when they left Egypt uh, because they were slaves, and God was trying to set them free by faith he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible, as seeing him who is invisible that means they were so fixed on God that they were that they were able to endure. That's seeing him. Uh, that's, that's seeing him here on the earth in en- endurance. And, and, and one day we will see him face to face. 1 John three two. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what wi- uh, what we will be has yet to. A- <laughs> Sorry. And what we we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We will see him as he is. Face to face, right? This one, this next one, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. This one is near and dear to my heart. This one I mean, all of these are incredible and they hold deep theological and personal meaning, but this one just rings true to me right now in the place we're in on the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This, uh, this is, I think, my favorite promise in the Beatitudes because Jesus came to the earth as the prince of, of peace, right? The prince of peace. But this passage doesn't just say live peaceably, right? It doesn't just say live peaceably. Uh, no, that's, that's passive compliance peace, right? Uh, no, pe- it says peacemakers, makers, peacemakers. Peacemaking is active, right? Uh, a peacemaker actively seeks to make peace peace. Right? Peace. I watch the news and I look at the world around we live in, and, uh, which is more polarized and cruel than ever, and I ask where are the peacemakers? Where are the Christ-like peacemakers? Right? We want to keep in God, we trust on our money, but God has entrusted us with his sons and daughters. He's entrusted us with people. And no matter how much money is in your heart, people is, what is way more precious to God than any dollar amount. whether they're a believer or not, they are precious to God. And yet I see very little effort, if any, from some believers to actively commit to peacemaking with others, especially if they're different. Christ isn't calling us to feeble peacemaking. Right? He's calling us to strong peacemaking, the kind of peace that is committed to each other. Right? That hard, one, and centered on God peace. Right? We need, we need a revival of the peacemakers, church. Because if we are committed. Christ followers, and we are striving every day to be more like Jesus, peacemaking reflects the very character of Jesus, because he made peace with us and God. He made the way. He tore down the curtain. There is no separation when Jesus is, in, is our mediator. Is that Right? Okay, you guys got all wide-eyed on me for a second there. (laughs) Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 says this. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, reflects the very character of Jesus. And the last one is uh, persecuted for righteousness. And uh, it says this, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there's that word again, righteousness, Right? Remember, it's the desire to do what's right before God and our relationships with God and with other people. Uh, this is the final B attitude, and the truth is that we shouldn't be surprised that it ends with a warning. We, it, that shouldn't surprise us. Jesus is like, hey, heads up. Um, you should know that if you do all these things I just told you to do, um, people aren't going to like it, Right? and you're you're going to get some backlash, right? You're going to get some backlash. If you strive to live a life centered around God, if you walk in humility and aspire to be pure of heart and actively try to be a peacemaker, you will stand out in a fallen world. You will stand out. Is that right? Because the earth, this earth is, is, is actually under Satan's control right now. For now. For now. People who step up to the call of Christ will become targets for the enemy. There's just no getting around it. But Jesus says it's okay. It's okay. You're blessed. You're blessed. Romans 5 3 through 5 says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Rejoice in suffering. That sounds so backwards, but I was watching the Dodger game last night with Kim, and Oral Hirschheiser, a famous Dodger pitcher, said, somebody asked him, like, hey, how did you feel about being booed? And he was like, oh, I loved it. I loved it, because they don't boo nobodies, right? They don't boo nobodies. I was a somebody if they were booing me, right? Right? It's the same way. It's, it's the same thing if you step out in all of these things. And we can't do them perfectly. If we could, we wouldn't need Christ. We wouldn't need Jesus. We're going to mess up. You need to hear that. This isn't a checklist, right, that you have to, uh, uh, you have to do yourself, right? Right? This is a do with Jesus. This is, a, this, is a, this is a position of the heart, right, to do with Jesus, to strive for. And when you mess up, you ask forgiveness for, for, from God or for, from whoever you messed up with, and you move on. You accept the mercy, and you continue to strive. Right? Because of all the suffering and persecution you endure on this earth will be washed away in the blink of an eye when you enter the kingdom of heaven, which is what is promised for our loyalty to Christ. In verse 11 and 12, elaborate on verse 10. Blessed I love this because Jesus changes the tense he's speaking in. It says, blessed are those until verse 11. And then it says, blessed are you. Just in case you think he's talking to somebody else, right? Just in case you think he's talking to somebody else, right? Blessed are you. Now, if you do something bad to somebody and they're saying evil things about you and stuff like you're on, that's you, right? He's not saying you're blessed there. You're like not blessed, not blessed, right? But if, you're, but if people are saying those things and, and reviling you on his account, you're blessed, right? Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, Jesus here changes the tense just to remind everybody listening that he's speaking to his followers, all of them, right? Just, just in case he um, thought he wasn't talking to you, he does that tense change. Christ's followers can take heart that they are a part of a very unique heritage. A long line of people suffered for righteousness and for God's sake, a long line. You can just look at Elijah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and I could like go on for another hour, but I know you don't want that. So, as the band comes, I just want to wrap up here. <coughs> the beatitude. <that laughs> dang Nah, <it. laughs> I broke them. Broke the moment, darn it. All right, go back there with me, okay? Let's all get serious. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, the Beatitudes begin and end with the promise of the kingdom of God. You ever notice that? First one is the promise of the kingdom of God, and the last one is the promise of the kingdom of God. And they, one thing to notice is that they progress from the point of greatest need to the point of the greatest identification with Christ, Mm -hmm. suffering. Mm -hmm. The first four are mainly focused on our relationship with God. The last four depicted the impact of that relationship on the world around us. I think one thing to really keep in mind at this point is that these aren't stages. These aren't stages that a Christ follower goes through. They are responses that we have to make every day. Every day we have to look for opportunities to, to walk humbly to show mercy, to practice active peacemaking, and to, pur- to purify our intentions, to have pure intentions, right? To be blessed, your life has to be in a blessable position be blessed from God. Your life has to be in a blessable position. Does that mean he can choose to bless you when your life is out of whack? Sure. Because he's good. But I don't know about you, but I want to live in a way, and I'm not saying I'm there. I'm working out the kinks just like the rest of you. But I want to live my life in a blessable position. Because here's the thing, is that this world that we've talked a lot about today is only temporary. If you're a follower of Christ, you believe in Jesus, believe in God the Father, you believe in the Holy Spirit that lives within each believer, you should know in your heart of hearts that this this earth is temporary. And so what does blessing look like? What does blessing look like? Blessing looks like Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, tribe, and tongue, Peoples in languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Do you feel alone in, in, in these beatitudes? Do you feel like you're the only one striving? Because this promises that you're not going to be alone. This promises that there will be uh, a number no one could count from every nation and from every tribe and all peoples and languages. Being blessed, I wanna be a part of that group. That's blessing, right? So glad I, we don't have to do it on our own. Not only do we have a savior, but we have each other. And don't um, don't think too little of having each other, because we are, you know, a family, a family who is not only does church together, but we do life together, the ugly. The ugly cries, the war wounds we do it all together, and if you don't feel that, let us come embrace you tell tell someone okay let's all let's pray i've I've pontificated enough sorry <laughs> all right Jesus, Lord, I pray for um this message to sink down deep into uh, everyone's heart, Lord. I pray that seeds would be planted, that you would water and and put a place into good soil, Lord, that it would spring up um, before you into transformed lives. Lord, that passage in your revelation, I feel like I daydream about that day so often, where we're just in your presence and it doesn't matter color or sex or whatever, we're just all united at your throne. And evil is over, sin is done, The devil had his day and he's gone. Lord, the blessing is that we get you. We're blessed in the kingdom of heaven because we get you. We get to worship you, we get to be with you. Father, you are enough. So Lord, I pray for those who are wrestling with tension in their heart about this message, Lord. Whether it be good or bad tension, I pray that there would be action behind that tension. Father, give us courage to live these out, Father. (laughs) Strive to live them out in your mercy and your grace, Lord. Because you know we're going to mess it up. (laughs) But thank you that your mercies are new every day. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. "Amen." I just want to, I feel like maybe there are some people who want to pray. I don't know if there is or not. But if you do, just Come up here and sit on this front row, and and somebody on my leadership team or me will come pray with you. Um, And uh, we're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to get out of here. But um, I want to invite the ushers to come forward as we just pray over our tithes and offering. Um, Lord God, we just remember, Father, that this earth is temporary. you own the cattle on a thousand hills, Father, so we we give back to you what, so the, from the abundance that you've given us. We, you gave your only son so that we could be in right relationship again you, you, because you so loved the world, Father, and so uh, we know that generosity is just the overflow of love, and so Lord, we give back to you now what is already yours, what you've given to us, God. Use it how you see fit, in Jesus' name, amen. If you feel like praying, just come over on on this side and and, uh, somebody will pray with you. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.